So um, probably we can use none of that. No. But do you want to get started? <laughs> <laughs> we can use none of the pre-show, but that's okay because we did have a long pre-show last time. I don't know. I, I can uh, I can creatively bleep some stuff out if you want me to. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> All right. What, when do you want me do, to... Do what, what you will with it and then I'll take another pass at it. When do you want me to cut it, like cut it in <laughs> with, no. with a... Well, we can probably use none of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, find... Like, yeah, probably right up at that point. Just like, <laughs> if there's a sentence or two before that, you can use. Maybe like one of us saying, oh, man. And then, well, <laughs> so there's really none of that we can use. But that's okay because, what are, yeah, that's that's seven minutes that people will be glad not to not to hear after last week's, you know, immense pre-show. But I, I was happy with it. I, I found it, you know, because the episode obviously wasn't very, you know, it didn't have much substance to it. Yeah. And so there, but there was a lot of pre-show. Yeah, I, I know. thought it was great. We... we we're at like uh, 30 plus minutes before we even got into the episode. And I think the final <laughs> length was like an hour five. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. we we zipped through yeah, this thing. We did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we will be. Ta- oh, wait. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. <laughs> it's a show about one thing. Watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season six, episode five, The Couch. But before that, we did not really have any homework, but I do have some trivia and interesting points from the last episode, The Chinese Woman. Some of Seinfeld's ad-libs were cut for time when Kramer declared, I feel like a naked, innocent boy roaming the countryside. uh, Jerry said, someone better warn the sheep quick. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know, it makes about as much sense as innocent boy, which I still say does not make, it's just a weird phrase, a weird turn of phrase. Um, but someone better warn the sheep quick. I don't know. Kind of funny, but they cut it uh, for time. And then when George put his head in the oven, Jerry improvised, George, it's an electric, which is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Honestly, that like is so they character building in. for George. Like he would even fail at suicide. You know oh, what my I mean? God. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just so in his character. I, I wish they would have kept it. <laughs> Uh, and some other cut scenes include George angrily confronting the man in the cape, which I would have loved to have seen George Costanza and Larry David facing off. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I feel like that didn't really get the the finale that it deserved. No. I mean, you have uh, you have the man in the cape saving um, Noreen. Noreen from jumping off the bridge, but that that's it. Yeah, it was it it, it was just a fun kind of character. He doesn't even talk. I mean, we see him talking, but and then he, he has what that one line at the end, but. Yeah, um, just kind of, just kind of a weird, kind of absurd, you know, a very absurd thing to to slide in there. But uh, so that scene was cut, and I was still, this was still sticking out to me when I went back and listened to the Chinese woman and Jerry's like hilarious line. Oh, don't worry, I secondhand smoke two packs a day. I'm like, <laughs> what an odd, just non sequitur. I was like, unless. And I said this on the episode, unless maybe secondhand smoke was back in the news for some reason, like we both didn't, we were both kind of like, well, when was that discovered that, you know, it was just as harmful as smoking or, or at least somewhere around there. And the first study on secondhand smoke, believe it or not, was done in 1965. Hmm. Uh, And then in 1986, the U.S. Surgeon General concluded that secondhand smoke was a major health risk to non-smokers. So that's eight years before the Chinese woman aired. But then I Googled secondhand smoke and the year 1994 uh-huh. because we've already had an episode about the O.J. Simpson thing, and that happened in, in the summer of 94. So I was like, ah, they seem to be doing these kind of timely references, 
And so I Googled secondhand smoke in 94, and up pops an L.A. Times article from July of 1994. Okay. Headlined, study strengthens cancer link to secondhand smoke. Whoa. Exposure during both childhood and adulthood poses greatest risk tobacco industry disputes findings. Whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this study had just come out. It's the, It was the largest and most comprehensive study of its kind. Researchers in four states reported that long-term exposure to secondhand cigarette smoke can increase the risk of lung cancer in non-smoking women by as much as 86%, and that women exposed both during childhood and adulthood were particularly at risk. Um, yeah, the increased risk of lung cancer, and it backs the U.S., EPA's controversial 1993 decision to deem secondhand smoke a human carcinogen. So two big events about secondhand smoke within the year that this episode was going to air. So Jeez. it was back in the news. Okay, okay. <laughs> and that's why he made that. Like, because it, it, it's not funny now. You no. know, it was only funny because it was timely. Yeah. And so it, it was timely back then. It's just one of those jokes that doesn't land now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just... Uh shocked at like how timely that they're able to be in some aspects you know yeah 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 when when something happens they can like make a, i mean really <laughs> they made a whole show about the oj simpson thing you know yeah kind of i guess it was good that it happened in the off season because they could write an episode that sort of mirrored it you know have these little you know political things but then but and the oj simpson thing is like you know that's been kept alive all these years as oj simpson has been kept alive for some reason all these years um (laughs) but the secondhand smoke thing like it's just a it's just a it's just known now yeah so the fact that it was newsy back then i guess that's a funny line you know that's something that that leno would have said in his monologue in 94 and (laughs) you know for sure jerry seinfeld like oh i secondhand smoke two packs a day (laughs) <laughs> all right. Like now it just lands like with a thud. Yeah. All right. And that's all I got. Wow. No, no other homework or any, no. any other like news or anything. We didn't have any homework. I did see. I, I might as well mention this. This will again. This is very timely. It won't make sense later. But uh, Jerry Seinfeld has a new Netflix special coming out on May 5th. Ooh. OK. Yeah. Th- this this yep. will definitely be out before then. Um, I, I wonder if that's going to be any good. Right, I forget what it's called now, but it, it'll be a second one, I think, second or third on Netflix. He had that, like, yeah, okay, because he had that one that was like Jerry before Seinfeld or something like that. I don't know if I, I ever saw know. it. Yeah, yeah. So he's got he's got a new stand up special coming out, and then of course I, this was I think this is even two weeks old now. But Larry David did a PSA for the California governor's office about staying home, which was pretty funny and you know very um, very on on brand for Larry David. Did you see it? I, I think I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought it was funny. Just calling people idiots. He's like, eh, talk to these idiots who are staying home. You know, you're, you're killing old people like me. He's like, well, not like me. I'll, I'll never meet you, but <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, we do actually have something in Newman's mail sack today. All right. Uh, we will get to that at the end of the show. Uh, but if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Uh, Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email, send us a tweet, at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker. Uh, Just please be sure to send us your address as well. And also, I noticed that uh, the app that I listen to my podcasts on, Podcast Addict, has started doing reviews now. So, you know, if you post a review 
anywhere. It, it doesn't have to be on iTunes. It could be anywhere. Just send us a screenshot of the posted review and so, so that we have proof. And we'll, we'll get you a sticker if you get us your address. Just as long as there's a review somewhere. Um, because I, I, I only have a way to track the Apple Podcast ones. Uh, every other review that's posted anywhere else, I don't know how to get a hold of, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you put us on Yelp, you know, just let us know. <laughs> if, you, if you give us a, uh, a rating on uh, Google, uh, Google uh, SEO. Yeah, God, what is that? Uh, search engine optimization. Uh, our, uh, our SEO with a name like No Hugging No Learning is probably not that great. <laughs> I don't know. There's, uh, th- that's not a common phrase. I mean, uh, all those words are pretty common. I wonder, wonder how many, how many uh, search results we're down whenever you just lear- look up Seinfeld podcast. Do you want to find out right now? I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a uh, Signcast, Signcast, yeah. Jerry on a WNYC show, uh, Signcast. That's the deal. <laughs> what? What's the deal? <laughs> What's the deal? What is that? Oh no no no! The, the show is called That's the Deal. It's a podcast. Yeah, I guess. Is it a Seinfeld podcast? I. I, I guess I don't know. They're, they're probably they're probably taking our exact idea because because <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the the only thing I can see from from the preview is listen to that's the deal a Seinfeld podcast episodes free on demand two friends a lifelong dot 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 wow uh, when I googled that's the deal it changed it to here's the deal podcast which I guess is Joe Biden's podcast oh no <laughs> <laughs> that's the deal a Seinfeld podcast what in the world when did this start. <laughs> wow i thought i thought us and sign what in the oh my god is it is it literally our show a, a lifelong, lifelong seinfeld, seinfeld fan and a seinfeld, <laughs> seinfeld virgin. virgin are you shitting me watch each episode of tv's best sitcom join twitter in july of 2015 are you <laughs> shitting me <laughs> but look their last episode but look their last episode was um the may of 2017 the bubble boy episode Oh, so we've already, we've, yeah, we've, we've already passed them. Get fucked. Oh, that's God. the deal. Get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh God! If anyone listening to this has listened to that's the deal, please uh, reach out to the hosts of that show because I would like to talk to them on our show. You want to talk to that's the deal? I want to talk to that's the deal. I want to figure out what's the deal. Do you see how many followers they have? Sixty nine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. How did we not figure this out that this was a thing before? Are they this... have a lot of blue check marks following them. I want to know what's going on here. Hmm. Oh, they've got a uh, they've got they're on Facebook. Let me see like when their last post on Facebook was. Uh June 1st, 2017. It, yeah. it looks like uh yeah, they they've got a a teaser up and they say not ready to commit to our last episode. I don't know if they mean like their final episode or I their most yeah. recent one. The previous one, yeah. Unless they were like, you know what? Uh, this show's not any good. I'm done. After Bubble Boy, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took. Yeah. Oh, my God. 39 episodes. They're, it looks like they're from Toronto. Um, they are, so that's very close to, to where wow. we are. Wow. Wow. How did we not know this was a thing? I have no idea. I guess, I swear I Googled Seinfeld Podcast. <laughs> I must have only looked at the first result. Hey, there's one, and they're done. And they're like both fans, so it's not like us at all. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god 
Okay, and uh, enough about this. <laughs> I know we're both like I'm despondent now. Like we're both just staring at our phones. Like oh god, uh, <laughs> like what have we done with our the, our lives be, the past two years? Be, best audio quality. Oh whoa, did you see this one? <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see did you see this on their Twitter thing on their Twitter profile? <laughs> yep. And that's the end of it. I'm like, oh my god! We've already doubled their episode count. I do feel good about that. We've almost tripled. Yeah, we're we're, we're on our way to tripling. <laughs> we're on, we're well on our way. Thank goodness. Oh boy. Um. Okay. Uh. We if you. <laughs> If you if you do leave us a five star rating and a written review, like I said, we will send you a no hugging no learning sticker. Just give us your address, uh, and you can be like Elron Hubbard, first name Elron, last name Hubbard, who said this podcast changed my life. I knew from the first time that I heard Tim and Ted's welcoming yet commanding voices introduce me to this world of Seinfeldian wonder that my life would never be the same. I have laughed and cried, loved and hurt. The highs and lows of life never came close to matching the myriad of emotions felt when listening to the podcasting perfection provided by No Hugging to Learning. This podcast is everything to me. Now can I finally get that sticker? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. Great name, great review. (laughs) Um, Okay, with all that being said, uh, Season 6, Episode 5, The Couch, original air date, October 27th, 1994. I was one year, ten months, and seven days old. And if if you're wondering how many episodes we have left, we've got 85, including this one, until we become a... Uh, podcast reviewing other podcasts about ideas that we had two years later. <laughs> yes. But if you're looking at TV Guide the night of October 27th, 1994, you're going to see Elaine dates the guy who delivered Jerry's new couch. And we open with a stand-up bit as usual. This is a just rapid fire. Every furniture joke that he could think of. And it doesn't stay on one topic for very long because uh, it starts about the love seat and how, um, you know, if we can't get him to sit next to us, let's make the furniture shorter. That's pretty funny. Uh, but, but, you know, before you can dwell on it, he's already onto the lazy boy and how that's not a very flattering name for a customer base, you know, the lazy boy. And he goes off on a, did you write this down? He, he yeah, rattles did, off like a bunch of adjectives. Yeah. He, he calls it. Why don't we just call it the half conscious deadbeat with no job home all day, eating Cheetos and watching TV recliner. <laughs> yeah. Which gets like an applause break. <laughs> Uh, I guess because he could memorize that whole thing. I don't know. It, it, it's it's okay. Uh, and then he's like, it reclines too. It goes back so far. You know, how far back do you need to go? Just go to bed. Uh, and that's it. That's all the furniture material that Jerry has because it's the only stand-up bit in the whole episode. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he doesn't have more hot takes on furniture. I know. Um, and we open at Thomasville Furniture, which I'm pretty sure is a real brand, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it looks so. familiar, yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's just like an outlet, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, it's a real brand with, uh, yeah, I guess just flagship stores and stuff like that in, in New York City. George is telling Jerry that he joined a book club. They're reading Breakfast at Tiffany's. George is like, ah, oh, it's 90 pages, you know, no problem. <laughs> did um, did and- he say why he joined the book club here? Because I, I wrote down that he joined it with his girlfriend, but... That, that that was I, I wasn't sure if that was the case. I that's what I that's what I gathered as well. But we're never really sure who the girlfriend is, uh-huh. unless it's the woman talking at the end, which I don't <laughs> think it is. I wouldn't think it is, but I think that's what um, I think that that's what implied. I guess. Okay. Okay. But we never see this girlfriend that supposedly made him join it, as far as I can tell. Yeah. And I love that you know he's like. 
he's telling Jerry, like, very soon I will be even smarter than you or something like that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did like uh, I did like the bit here that uh, George is saying, yeah, they wanted to read something by Truman Capote. He, he's a great writer. And Jerry's like, have you ever read anything from any of his books? No. <laughs> yeah, they're both like, oh, Truman, oh, Capote. Oh, yeah. great writer. Yeah. yeah. Great writer. Great writer. No, never read anything. No. It's like whenever whenever someone like tells me, oh, this guy's a great director. Or like, oh, what what movies have you seen? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, probably yet another thing I have in common with George, like just knowing of somebody <laughs> without not, without seeing or yeah. reading their work. Yeah. That's why my last <laughs> podcast was I heard that was good. Um it came from a that that title came from a Leonard Malton quote where he said um he, it was his idea for a TV show called I heard that was good where celebrities talk about books they haven't read and movies they haven't seen. <laughs> and I was like that's all I do. And so <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what I. That's why I called it that. I heard that was good. That's the whole premise behind it. But Jerry's buying a couch at Thomasville, and he finds one, and he really likes it. And I noticed it's a lot smaller than his old couch. Yeah, this is this is a love seat. Yeah, and yeah, I, which is a downgrade. Yeah, and it's it's never addressed that it's a love seat and not a couch. Yes, that's true. They should have said <laughs> it should have been brought up, brought and brought up. Should have been brought up. Um, <laughs> and, because in Jerry's apartment, the old couch is being moved out. One of the reasons he likes this new couch is it doesn't fold out so nobody can stay, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> so now when his parents come, they're going to have to get a hotel. Oh, man. Uh, I, for a second, uh, yeah. I thought he was saying that about his old couch. Oh. I'm, not, I'm, no, on, no, I'm honestly not sure. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, whenever you know his parents were, were staying with him anytime they'd come to town. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sleeping on they even in the first episode they were sleeping or, or one of the early episodes when it was his old dad they were sleeping <laughs> on the fold out yeah it's yeah, actually folded out his old dad but then again that might have been the old couch because I think this is his second couch of the series now now third now we're on the third um, but Elaine is flirting with the mover guy and Elaine's also getting the old couch and so they're going to take it to her place Kramer comes in. And he's uh, talking about Poppy, uh, who is going into business with, with Kramer, opening a make-your-own pizza place. And <laughs> Jerry seems to have forgotten. They have some weird exposition where he's like, didn't he get shut down by the health department or something like that? Like, yeah, Jerry, you <laughs> were there when they you, came. Like, you caused it, Jerry. I mean, you, you but, didn't cause it, but like... <laughs> You watched him in the bathroom not wash his hands. Yeah, and then the health department showed up, and you, yeah, that, that, that was you. That was your fault. But then again, I guess this maybe just goes back to Jerry's, like, sociopathic tendencies, like, not remembering the hurt that he has caused people. You know, it doesn't, if it doesn't really affect him, what, what's the point of remembering it? Oh, goddamn. <laughs> um, but, so, and then Kramer talks Elaine and Jerry into checking out Poppy's place again, but they've both been there several times. Yeah, maybe it's because, like, uh, I don't know, maybe they heard good things about it since it reopened? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Is this where Kramer mentions that, like, New York Magazine gave him a, a good good marks for the, having the cleanest kitchen or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, it is. And he says uh, that he uh, that Poppy has, like, amazing duck. And Elaine's like, oh, I love duck. Can we go, please? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just... That they uh, again, they've heard good things about it since it reopened. That must be it, yeah. And the duck is so good, you have to order it two days in advance. And so Kramer is going to make that call and make reservations for them to both go to Poppy's and have the duck. Do you like duck? I love duck. I don't think I've ever had duck. Oh my gosh! Anytime I see it on a menu, I mean that that's it. What There's what no uh, what would you compare it to? It um it always it does have kind of like a smoky taste always, even when okay. it's not 
you know, prepared in that way. It's, it to me, it always kind of has that, um, and it's a little, um, it's a little turkeyish. It's okay. not not very See, chickenish. It's in, very turkeyish. In my head, without any prior experience, I'm kind of thinking of like uh, a bird that's all uh, like dark meat turkey. Yeah, it is. It's a darker. Yeah, for sure. It's like it's like a um, a light brown, like a tan sort of hmm. color, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, yeah, and so like an orangish tan kind of thing. And what what's really good about it is if you get somebody who really knows how to like render the fat in a way that is super savory and rich and delicious. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And so Elaine is still uh, making eyes with the mover. And I like when she leaves, she's like, I'll catch you chumps later or something like that. <laughs> she calls them chumps because she's about to go make her moves. Uh, Kramer, meanwhile, asks if Jerry offered the movers a drink and Jerry did not. And I love this quote. Like Kramer goes, what kind of person are you? And Jerry goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I just thought that was a great again just a little great a little great line i like so both they had just so many tags on the end of the scene elaine calling them chumps what kind of person are you i don't know i thought it was great uh one final thing i gotta mention about this scene is the superman is on the bookshelf and the fridge oh really i didn't see him on yeah. the fridge okay is it just like back to the superman magnet yeah superman magnet oh okay yeah. so superman figure superman magnet over at george's he is picking up breakfast at tiffany's which does look like a pamphlet I mean, ninety pages. <laughs> it is a very, it's like it is nothing. a very tiny book. Yeah, and he is on the first page. Maybe not even done with the first sentence before the TV guide catches <laughs> his eye. What and was he it, picks that up? Was it the TV guide or was it the newspaper? Because it, it looked it looked big to be a TV guide, but I don't know what he would be looking at in the newspaper that would immediately catch his eye. Well, I thought it was the that sort of like a small digest like Reader's Digest style okay. TV guy it, that was like open. Maybe it was the newspaper because I know later there's like I think a newspaper near him or something. It, it, might, I'm thinking of a different it might be the TV guide. Uh, I was just thinking I'm like is he picking up the newspaper to like be surprised at box scores? <laughs> well he picks up the what whatever that thing is and then he looks at his watch and he goes oh my gosh I, the, there's a tv show on that he wants to watch so okay yeah so he, I, I think you're right then i think it might be the the tv guide so he's like wondering oh my god it's already this late this game's already on yeah 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 that's definitely that, that's probably what it was uh over at poppy's elaine and jerry show up and i love poppy extends his hand for a handshake and jerry like <laughs> grabs it and just makes the worst face you know like just the most disgusted face um and then, you know, they're sitting down at the uh, the table and Poppy is, uh, you know, talking about how their duck is going to be so succulent. And, um, you know, it, he also mentions that he's rich and he's doing very well. Mm-hmm. And Elaine says, your mom must be very proud of you. And he goes on this long <laughs> monologue about how his mom was taken from them by the communists when they were when he was 10 and she was put in a prison camp. And then when she was released, she got on a boat to America and she ate bad fish and died. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's intense. It's pretty intense. <laughs> By the way, I got to mention now because I, I wrote so I, I so I I got up this morning as I normally do on Sunday at eight uh, to go watch the show before uh, the rest of the family starts moving. Mm-hmm. But of course, this morning we're recording this on Easter morning, where my <laughs> daughter was like, I think probably just waiting since like you know six o'clock <laughs> for, to hear like our door open so she could come over and run in and go down and get her easter basket so we even delayed her getting her easter basket for like 10 or 15 minutes so that 
I could watch as much of the Seinfeld oh, episode no. as I could. Yeah, before the madness. So I was like really rushing through. I wasn't pausing and taking as many notes as I was. So hopefully <laughs> I don't forget very much. But, okay, well, but again, okay, well, Newman's mail sack is always open. And, and Ted, hopefully you can fill in some blanks if I miss. Okay, well, well I, I will I will pause you there because before the, when they are walking into Poppy's, uh, uh, Elaine is telling Jerry uh, about her encounter with the mover. And she's saying that... He asked her, oh, well, do you date moving men? And she says, I do now. And to <laughs> Elaine, that is the smoothest line in the history of pickups. Uh, yeah. But th- then Jerry asks Elaine to apologize to the mover that Jerry didn't offer him a drink. And Elaine is just befuddled that Jerry didn't offer him anything. <laughs> and Jerry's like, what? So anyone sweaty that comes into your house has to be offered a drink? <laughs> is, this, is this a rule that you abide by? What are your grounds for offering drinks or, or snacks to people? Well, you know what? I, I just moved. Okay. And I did not offer the movers drinks. But... They brought their own, like, giant, like, you know, like, two giant water bottle packs that they were constantly... <laughs> so it really wasn't up to me. Okay, I got it. Yeah, but I guess if someone... But I've never done it before. If, in, in another case, when someone is like, I don't know, moved a TV in or something, or, like, brought one thing into my house, I've never said, do you guys need a drink? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're there to do one job, you know? Yeah. I, whenever... We just got a couch delivered um, uh, a little over a month ago. And the the guys were in our house for less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. A- and on top of that, we hadn't moved in yet, so we didn't have any drinks or cups. <laughs> well, then I think you get a special, I think you get a special uh, reprieve from that. <laughs> Just for not having, you know, there's no refrigerator. There's no, yeah, we don't have power you know, or whatever. Yeah, so that's fine. But I, I maybe I should have offered in, in uh, you know, we've had couches delivered and we've had beds delivered and stuff. And I've never offered anybody a drink in all those years. So maybe we're bad people. Maybe we're sociopaths. M- maybe. Well, maybe maybe we're no better than Jerry in this situation. Maybe. <laughs> um, over back at George's, his show is over. And so he turns off the TV having enjoyed, uh, you know, he, he's chuckling or whatever it is. Um, and, it, and, it, and you hear, hear sort of like end credits playing as well. But he turns off the TV and he picks up Cracked Magazine. So he's <laughs> not even going to go back to Breakfast Activities. He's going to read Cracked it, Magazine. He's not even going to try. Yeah, yeah, not even not even an option. Plus, like, Cracked was open on his lap while he was watching the show. So you could tell, like, during commercials, he was, like, reading Cracked. <laughs> <laughs> back at Poppy's, uh, Jerry, he's like, you know, I, I don't know. This seems like too much trouble. I would have been happy just ordering pizza from Pequinos. Pic- mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not super excited about the duck. Uh, I, I, I wish I could have stayed home. Yeah, and, and ordered some pizza from Pequinos. Would have made him perfectly happy. But then Elaine says, oh, you can't order from Pequinos. I don't eat there anymore. They give to uh, anti-abor- anti-abortion groups. And Jerry's like, so you don't eat the pizza? And Elaine's like, no. And Jerry asks, well, what if Poppy uh, you know, was like that? <laughs> and she's like, well, I guess I wouldn't eat here either. And so Jerry... Oh, no. <laughs> Poppy comes over and Jerry... You know, it's so funny that this episode comes after I, I implied last episode that jerry has been involved in an abortion you know (laughs) after him saying that whether or not he'd gotten a woman pregnant those records are sealed it's just so interesting this episode comes up right after it (laughs) um and so uh, poppy uh, talks again this has to do with his mother his mother was pregnant when she was taken away by the communists and (laughs) And then jerry's line here is like again with the communists (laughs) (laughs) and they put an end to that poppy said so no intelligent person could ever be pro-choice mm-hmm. and this now causes a mass walkout of people oh there yeah are people 
did you didn't you love that it was like like what essentially now would be a boomer yelling at poppy i'm with you poppy or whatever it was <laughs> yeah just one old woman uh but but yeah like half the people in the restaurant like angrily leave like yeah. a, a mi- mix of men mix of women you know uh yeah, yeah. but just uh like over half of the people and jerry's just kind of sitting there just kind of taking it all in <laughs> yeah and then he goes well i'm certainly glad i brought it up what did you think was going to happen, Jerry, when you bring up the most divisive issue in American life today? Like, what did you think? Like, first, first of all, that's not something you ask somebody, you know, a casual acquaintance. What's your stance on abortion? It's just we don't talk about it. So what did you think was going to happen, Jerry? Well, I'm certainly glad I brought it up. Certainly glad I brought it up. Oh, my gosh. Did, did these people fly off the handle? Yeah. What did you expect? <laughs> like, oh, my God. S- sub, in, uh, and then, sub in Jerry's reaction for... Oh, sorry I even asked. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what you say. Well, who knew it was that big of a deal? Jeez, <laughs> everybody, Jerry, everybody. Literally everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, but cut to monks. <laughs> like, he's explaining to George right after that. He's like, yeah, and it was uh, pretty much all my fault. He's, like, <laughs> proud of it at that point now. <laughs> So he did know what he was doing, I guess, and he's proud of the fact that, you know, he is he has once again maybe ruined Poppy's business. Oh, oh God. <laughs> and it was pretty much all my fault. <laughs> for, for the second time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and George is, you know, then the, he asked George how the book is coming, and George <laughs> is like, ah, you know, I haven't, uh, haven't even started it. Or Jerry says that to him or something like that. And, yeah, G- and George, he just smiles at first. He's like, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> And if he says, if it's not about sports, I have a very hard time concentrating. I love this line. He's like, Jerry's like, you're not very bright, are you? George's (laughs) like, no, I'm not. I'd like to be, but I'm not. (laughs) Uh, So so Jerry just tells him to rent the movie. And I, I, from here, I knew, uh, I didn't know exactly where the episode was going to go, but I, I got a good idea. Um, but my God, have you ever, like, even whenever you were in like high school, did you ever try and watch a movie instead of read a book? Because <sighs> if so, if you haven't, it's not going to turn out well. Yeah, yeah, no, they, it's never, never, ever the same. I and I don't think I ever did it. Instead, I might have done it to like supplement and see what the movie was like, you know, after I was done or something like that. But but no, I don't think I ever tried to do that. Did you do that? Uh, I think I tried doing it with not with Lord of the Flies, uh, with something else in high school that I that I heard that the movie was pretty close to the book. And I'm like, oh, okay, why am I going to read this? And it, it turned <laughs> Animal out- Farm, maybe? I know that's another one that every so often. I don't know. Watership Down. No. I'm trying Actually, to think of those classic. I never read or saw Watership Down. Yeah, me neither. I hear it's a weird animated flick, though. Yeah. It's like one of, one of those movies that comes up when people talk about movies that scarred them as a kid. Yeah, it's something about yeah. like dead rabbits or something. It's, yeah, it is. I I don't know much past that. I have no. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. I'm not smart. I'd like to be. I'm not, <laughs> but I'm not. Again, I I, I identify with that statement of from George mm-hmm. so much. Like that's that's a very honest moment for George. Like only Jerry. Jerry's the only person in the world I think he would ever say that to. You yeah, know? I I think I think you're it was right a very on vulnerable that. moment for George. <laughs> And you could tell. I mean, he is just like the way he delivers it is just genius. Like, no, I'm not. You know, I mean, it's like it's almost the first time he's hearing it out loud himself. Like, admitting <laughs> it, to himself. it was just like brilliance in like ten seconds. It was it was awesome. Here's the other thing, though. The, he says the book club meets in a few days. If you read 15 pages a day, 
you'll be done with the book. Yeah, you know, if you read twenty pages a day, it's it's not like you're reading fucking it, George. Yeah, yeah. you're you're reading Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's ninety pages. Also, yeah, from my understanding, it's not exactly. Let's bring up another uh, book that's been mentioned in the Seinfeld universe, War and Peace. <laughs> it's not exactly War. You know, it's not going to be like very complex. You know, I know there's I know there's interesting characters in there, but again, ninety pages. I think you're going to be able to get out of it. Just breeze through it, you know. <laughs> of course, I am speaking as somebody who hasn't read a book in twenty years or whatever it is, you know. So, <laughs> but, oh but I didn't God. join a book club. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so George, you know, uh, George loves the idea of renting a movie, renting renting the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. Kramer comes over, and he is very disappointed in. I love Kramer's delivery in this scene too. Like very stern, oh my God, he, being very stern. He's very like mob bossy. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, Poppy's in the hospital, and uh, all the chefs told him, you put him there. Told me you put him there, or something like that. <laughs> and Elaine is there, too. And and I love the He's like, you know, I'm going to visit him in the hospital later. It'd be nice if you got him something. Like, th- th- that's that's what made me seal the deal for thinking, like, th- Kramer could be a mob boss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would it's, be it's like nice of, if you got him something. It's a mix of like mob boss and parent. Anytime your parent would like, that, yeah, yeah, that's, would try that's to like a reprimand good. you into into make into like doing the right thing, but thinking of it on your own. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what I, what do you think would be a good thing to do if you're going to visit somebody in the hospital? Uh, get them something? Yes, that's right. You know, like they lead you like <laughs> basically all the way there. You know. <laughs> They, they, uh, they, 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 gi- they give you uh, they give you the options A, B, or C and tell you that A and C are both wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love his like his knock on the table and his slow turn. <laughs> like it's just just a great did, again, just did, so did, funny. Did you catch uh, like after he knocks on the table, he turns around, and he's like, "Ow!" Oh no, I didn't. That it hurt his hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I totally missed that. <laughs> uh, so cut to uh, the Azari Brothers Moving Company truck, which is by the way outside the Froyo. Uh, oh whoa is it building yeah it's outside the froyo store (laughs) oh my god so this must be the street like their actual street set and so i I still haven't gone back to see if stationers is is next to the froyo place i mean even even if it is uh oh oh, you're not talking about this episode i was gonna say even if it is you're not gonna see it because of the truck right the truck yeah the truck was blocking but i was like so the the, this must be there the street set you know it's not an actual b-roll of like a a location or anything it's a street set and and i gotta admit it's a very good street set yeah you know whenever i whenever i've seen it previously i've thought it was an actual street so yeah and i uh, mean good for them with with new yorkers you don't have to have a a bunch of different corners and street sets A, a lot of people are creatures of habit they're gonna go to the same places so you can show the same places yeah yeah and the date is going very well with the mover do we get a name from him uh, we do very very late in the episode so a- as of it- now as of now he's still the mover and uh, do we only get it because he's wearing a name tag later no we only get okay. it we only get it because jerry inexplicably knows his name <laughs> maybe it's the name tag <laughs> <laughs> But the, the date's going very well. I mean, they're both just, uh, you know, just having a good time. And cut to the hospital. Uh, I love that they're walking the hospital grounds. You know, whatever happened to Poppy is, like, so bad that he's oh, well, he's an inpatient. Well, ha- hang on. Before we get to the hospital, okay. uh, d- does the guy just use the moving truck as his personal vehicle? I, I didn't wonder that until we saw it the second time. But, yeah, I think so. Well, I, I wondered that immediately. I'm like, okay, so you're... Are, are you taking her to work with you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but he also says that I would invite you up, but I don't have any furniture because yeah. because he hates it. He can't he look hates- at it. 
<laughs> yeah, because he he sees it all day that he doesn't want to see it when he goes home. So I thought that was I thought that was a hilarious joke about furniture. You know, people people who move stuff like isn't that funny? You know, and but yeah, unless his last name is Azari and he's one of the brothers, I don't think his boss is going to appreciate him using like a twenty four foot moving truck to go out on dates. You know. <laughs> Just imagine how hard those things to man- are to maneuver, even for an expert like oh, moving yeah. guy yeah. on well, New just, York City roads. Just when you're working, let alone on what I'm guessing would be a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night. Yeah, when every parking space on the street <laughs> is taken, and yeah, uh, oh my gosh. And you're on what I would assume is a, a street corner, because it looked like they were near the end of the block, where yeah. there's either going to be a, a stoplight or a stop sign, which you are inevitably blocking up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was double parked in that thing. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Double, double long and double wide. Yeah. Uh, So now over at the hospital, uh, I I do love the fact that Poppy is, uh, you know, whatever happened to him was so bad that he's an inpatient. Like they're like walking the grounds with other people who are in, you know, hospital gowns and stuff like that. We we never, we never did get an explanation of what happened, did we? No, no. I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, no, no idea. No, they just got him so riled up. It wasn't, with the it wasn't like talk. a stroke or a heart attack or something. That's like it, it was something in that area. That, yeah, like you know, he got he got so riled up that you know something happened there. Um, but uh, yeah, they they never really tell us what it is. Yeah. Uh, but Jerry and Elaine have given Poppy a gift, and it is a bottle of wine and a jar of five alarm chili, which Poppy. <laughs> says, you know, don't they know what this will do to me? I have uh, gastrointestinal issues. It would, <laughs> this would kill Poppy. And so, they, again, you know, Jerry and Elaine have offended Poppy. Just the line, I, I think as he says it, it's like, don't they know I have a gastrointestinal disorder? Just made me <laughs> react, why would they? Yeah. <laughs> what, why on earth would they know that you, Poppy, have a gastrointestinal disorder? Yeah, why would they guess that somebody who has dedicated their life to food <laughs> has GI issues? <laughs> <laughs> It, it's it's kind of uh, kind of a juxtaposition there. You it's know, a, sure it's, there are. It's definitely a leap if you're not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you know, uh, oh, this guy uh, owns a peanut butter factory. No way he's allergic to peanuts, but <laughs> oh, he is. Oh my gosh. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Then uh, back in Jerry's apartment, Elaine comes in and she is in love with the moving guy. You know, he's just so real and he doesn't play any games. And I love Jerry's line, like, he doesn't play any games. What's the point of dating if you're not going to play games? How do you know who's winning and losing? (laughs) (laughs) Just great insight to the way that Jerry looks at relationships. (laughs) And uh, meanwhile, like, Elaine starts putting her makeup on, or or at least touching it up. And and, uh, she's just gushing about how great the, the mover guy is. And Jerry, as he's pouring his cereal, naturally, asks Elaine, well, what's his stand on abortion? (laughs) <laughs> and Elaine, you know, does a uh, like a take on Jerry and like looks over at him and has not moved the <laughs> lipstick, and so it like drags across her face. Uh, and and Elaine is like, "Well, I'm I'm sure he's pro-choice." And Jerry's like, "How do you know for sure?" And I love that she goes, "Well, he's just so good-looking," <laughs> you know, which obviously has nothing to do with it besides the fact like he he has to be because he's perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's absolutely perfect for me. So he just has to be, and 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 so I, you know, I found somebody like this, <laughs> and then and then Jerry's got like such a good line here, but he's like, you better uh, a- you better ask before he comes over with uh with those Pocino's pizzas, could be trouble. Yeah, I love this delivery, like, could be trouble, and then he like <laughs> takes a sip of coffee or something like that, like 
before he starts coming out. Yeah, that was such a, another great tag to the end of the scene. <laughs> Could be trouble. <laughs> uh, cut to Champagne Video, which is a location that we've seen before in episode two, if I'm not mistaken. The first That's episode right. with yeah. Elaine. Th- this there was, at Champagne this, Video. This is the video store with the uncensored porn, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, uh, partially censored. Partially, censored. partially censored. Almost. Do, censored. Do yeah, mostly remember, censored. Do you remember what the video cover like said or had on it? I know. Um, I know. We talked about this in like episode two. Yeah, I, I do know that. Like they tried to put stickers over the actual nudity, but you can still <laughs> tell like what position the people were in. Like you know, even if you couldn't see their genitalia, you could still see like a woman getting railed from oh, behind no. on like one of the. Yeah, I don't remember what the movie was called even, but um, yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, we've even been in Champagne Video a couple of other times. Is this not where uh, George rented Rochelle Rochelle? Yeah, yeah, it is. I think this yeah, this is the say. video store. If they're yeah, ever in a video store, store, this is it. Yeah, this is it. And um, what do you know? You recognize this clerk, right? Yes. Oh, my God. He's a baby. Baby Patton Oswald. <laughs> wow. I... I I want to know how old is he here? He, he looks like he's like 25. I know. Very, yeah. He looks very young. Well, well, what? Let me see. How old is Patton Oswald? Patton is 51. So in 94, he would have been 25. Oh, wow. Nailed Jeez. it. <laughs> he looks 25. <laughs> Jeez, Tad, you should be working for the carnival. <laughs> Damn. If, if only I could have guessed that he was 5'3", because that's also a fact that I just learned because of Google. I mean, in 94, I'm pretty sure he was like 5'3". <laughs> like, wow, Tad, that's amazing. <laughs> that's pretty short, though. I didn't know he was that short. He's pretty short. <laughs> I'd love to stand next to Patton Oswald one day. God, if I were to ever stand next to Patton Oswald, oh, I, my God. I, I'd feel like the the tallest person in the entire planet <laughs> uh so george wants to rent breakfast at tiffany's but it's out and i love that he keeps trying to get the clerk pat Oswald to to bend the rules like well what if we call them and ask them if they're done with it and maybe they can return it or what if we go over there and and see if we can have it or something he's like and i love that he's like uh yeah it doesn't really work that way <laughs> and but while somebody else is checking out a video george jumps over the counter and sneaks a peek at the address of the person who has rented breakfast at tiffany's which is 125 something street Uh, we don't know and the apartment is one joe temple who george you know buzzes up and was it was it joe or joel because I, I, oh, I, I, oh, I thought I heard Joel, and I, I think that might be what the captions had as well. Right, uh, hey. Well, it's one of those. Yeah, and he uh, asks, you know, he begins the process of asking if, uh, you know, about breakfast at Tiffany's by buzzing up to his apartment. Over in Jerry's apartment, uh, Poppy is over at Kramer's place, and Jerry apologizes to Poppy. Uh, Poppy's over there because they're making plans to do the first test pie mm-hmm. today, and Jerry is apologizing for, you know, sending the wine and chili he didn't know about the gi thing and also you know he's going to pay for the ducks as well because the ducks come in from what is it newfoundland i think is what poppy told kramer (laughs) and uh, so they're going to pay for the meal even though they didn't eat it and poppy goes to sit down on jerry's couch and when he gets up and takes his duck money kramer and poppy leave and there's a wet spot on the couch. Not to mention, there is a noticeable moment where Poppy is either like <laughs> tired or relaxing. Uh, not once did I think he was relieving himself. Well, of that's his, what's great. His about urine. That's what's great about it in hindsight because he goes, ah. And Kramer <laughs> goes, Are you tired, Poppy? And he goes, no. <laughs> so, question answered right there what, what actually was going on. <laughs> and I love, so Kramer comes in and they're both looking at it and, and, 
Jerry is freaking out. And I love the scene where he Kramer's drinking a water bottle and he grabs Kramer and like water splashes just like <laughs> everywhere. When you look at actually how much water is still in the thing, I'm like, that's still like it looks like the whole bottle emptied on both of them, but there's <laughs> but not much water came out. Well, it's yeah, just crazy because there's water dripping off of Jerry's face. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm so glad they didn't cut and say, let's do it again. I'm so glad they <laughs> kept this this version of the scene. <laughs> but yeah, Jerry just screams at Kramer. He's like, Poppy beat on my sofa! <laughs> I like that Kramer's like, oh, you're making too much of it. He's like, sure, it's just a hum- natural human uh, thing that it just normally happens in the toilet, just happens to be on my couch. And Kramer goes, yeah, exactly, or something like that. <laughs> so disgusting. Uh, over at the Temple's apartment, which is 4G, George has been buzzed all the way up, <laughs> and he's explaining to Joe, you know, about the book club and everything like that, and that he hasn't had a chance to read the book because he had pink eye. That's the lie that he's told. Oh my god! And the book club meets tomorrow. By the way, still plenty of time to read 90 yeah, pages. Plenty if George of time. Would put in, if George would put in one sixteenth of the work. He has put in <laughs> even up until this point to try to see the movie. He would be done with the book. Like, think of all the hours that it took to get from his apartment, champagne video, talk to them, find the place. To, you know, like, he could have been done with 90 pages. No doubt about it. But George is one of the, I guess he is one of those kind of guys that will work for, you know, hours to get out of five minutes yeah. of work. Well, wasn't, you know? wasn't this an exact quote that he had at one point? He's like, I would, I would rather work for eight. I, I would rather uh, work to get, work for eight hours to get out of five minutes of work. That sounds like something. Or yeah, so, I mean, something that's exactly like what I'm that? talking about. Yeah, if he's actually said that, that's 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 incredible. And Joe or Joel, I still think it's Joe, but I don't know. Um, he was planning on watching with his daughter. He asked his daughter if George Costanza can walk with watch with them, and uh, she sort of rolls her eyes at her dad. Uh, cut <laughs> to the moving truck, which again, this is where I wrote down: is this his personal driver? <laughs> like, is this his daily driver? Um. And Elaine and Moving Guy are both just so infatuated with each other. But Elaine, this is where she decides to bring up a story about, oh, well, you know, I've been thinking about my friend who was impregnated (laughs) by, and I had to rewind and turn credits (laughs) on to see what the hell she just said, her troglodyte (laughs) half-brother. What in the world? Does that mean what I think it means? I, I don't know. I think it was Elaine's way of, of saying mentally challenged, I I think so. I, yeah, I, I either that or just uh, just a dig, like calling him like incredibly, almost medically ugly. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be it too. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I have no idea. Well, we'll put it down for homework just to look up what she probably meant by troglodyte. See if we can figure it out. But and she's like, well, you know, so she had to get an abortion and. And then Mark, uh, the moving guy, is his name Mark? Why did I just say it, Mark? It is not Mark. <laughs> okay. I have no idea why. Uh, the moving guy is like, one of these days, we're going to get enough people on the Supreme Court to change that law. <laughs> uh, and Elaine just visibly sobs. Yeah. She, she starts <laughs> sobbing, uh, which is hilarious. And Joe, back at uh, the Temple's place, I'll say, George, you know, they're getting ready to start the movie. And George... Uh, is just making himself at home. He asked for some snacks. Yeah, well, you know, he, maybe... his, his line here is like, so uh, anything to nosh? <laughs> yeah, I got anything to uh, nosh? But I've never heard I've never heard the word nosh used <laughs> in, in place of like anything to snack on or anything to eat. 
I think I've heard it before. I want to say it's like connected to Yiddish or something like Is that. Is it? Okay. I, I, might, I might be wrong about that. <laughs> but uh, but uh. He, he wants some popcorn, and he's just kind of expecting it to show up. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people keep uh, popcorn in the house, you know. <laughs> and she's like, well, we don't. He's like, yeah, you should uh, you should try it sometime. <laughs> it's, very, it's hilarious how... yeah. You know, but, he's he's really making himself at home. Like when you're in somebody else's house, like they're already doing you such a huge favor and you're just still mm-hmm. acting like George. But you know? but uh, Mr. Temple uh, offers him some nuts because that, that's the thing <laughs> yeah. that they have next to the next to the couch. And he, George is still like, oh, yeah, we should uh, we should turn off the lights to get get a more uh, movie like atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, uh, the lights stay on. Like, oh, OK. All right. <laughs> Uh, obviously, George knows like the correct way to watch a movie, and these people do not. <laughs> uh, back at Poppy's, Kramer is making the test pie, and I wrote down. I had him. I still had him on, so I wrote down a great caption here: "Mumbles in Italian." <laughs> oh my lord! What, what, what does he? What does he even say? What does he try to say here? <laughs> I don't no, know. Nothing. I think he just makes some uh, <laughs> Italian dialect sounds. Yeah, it was it was very beepity boppity boo kind of oh, no. uh, Italian <laughs> beepity boppity, <laughs> um, and you know he's tossing the pie, he's loving you know doing the dough and and he puts uh, some sauce on there and Poppy is sort of instructing him you know and putting the, some some cheese on saying not too much and he's like and then uh, some cucumbers and Poppy <laughs> is like what you know toppings don't belong on a pizza and. I mean, this is just, I can't even do this scene justice because it was so well written. Oh, my it, Lord. It, becomes, it, it I, becomes an allegory. Them talking about a pizza becomes an allegory for abortion. The pro-life, pro-choice yeah. Yeah, I, argument. I, I wonder if all along, since Kramer came up with this idea, they've had this in their back pocket to bring this back up as a pro-life, pro-choice debate, or if it if they just remembered that this was a thing and they're like, Oh my God, guys! We can we can turn this into an abortion debate. Yeah, I mean, it makes it, once you once you get to once you jump to the metaphor, one in the oven. You know, she's got one in the oven. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, pizza! We have we already have this idea. Like, you know, you can see where they might have yeah. jumped there and then worked their way in reverse. Yeah, back but but to but, this. but Poppy even has the line exactly. He's like, we can't give people the right to choose any topping they want. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I, I I wish there was a little bit like another half second pause between <laughs> choose and any topping. But cause yeah, he, right he, just, to choose. he just goes right into it. But either th- then again, that might be like too like much like hitting the nail on the head. Too on the nose, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, yeah. it's still it's still great. And Poppy even says, like, there's no debate. Yeah, on this there cannot be no debate. <laughs> uh and um and Kramer's like, you know, th- this, but it's my pizza, and uh, and he's like, it's not a pizza until it comes out of the oh oven. Oh my god! And and Poppy says, it's a pizza the second you put your fists in the dough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just hilarious, uh, just very funny. Oh god! Back at the temples, uh, the mom comes home and. Mrs. Temple starts talking about, you know, oh, I talked to Angela and, uh, you know, this, who was it, Dylan? Dylan's not doing well. He's probably not going to make it. Like a friend dying or something like that. And George, like, essentially shushes. So he yeah. goes, ahem. <laughs> <laughs> we're, trying to, uh, we're trying to watch a movie here. And she's like, who are you? <laughs> uh, and, and they sort of explain that. I like the way his daughter says, like, he's cheating on his book report or something like that. Uh, and she keeps talking about this friend that is passing away or whatever and the mr temple eventually decides to pause the film so george is like uh anybody want more grape juice or something like that yeah and just so get, he gets, gets up and up helps and... himself to the kitchen yeah 
And when he comes back, the daughter has scooted over, and that's where George was sitting. So he's like, all right, you know, uh, scoot on over. Uh, you know, I was sitting there. She's like, it's my couch. And they get in a fight about it, and he ends up spilling grape juice all over the couch. What, while he was sitting on the daughter to yeah. try and get her to move over. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved when it happened and, like, Joe starts moving towards him, and he just gives, like, a pathetic, hapless, like, Joe, uh, you know, like, uh, help me out, you know, please don't pummel me or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever he deserves, like, you know, uh, come on, it was an honest mistake or whatever, like, God. I wasn't just sitting on your daughter and then spilled grape juice all over your couch. Uh, back in Jerry's apartment, Jerry is ditching the poppies, uh, the couch with poppies pee on it, and Elaine's like, what are you going to do? You want your old couch back? He's like, oh, I was hoping you'd offer. <laughs> so <laughs> he is getting his old couch back, and... Elaine and then George is taking the old couch mm-hmm. and P- Elaine's like doesn't he know that Poppy peed on him? he's like yeah he said to just flip the cushion over do you think that he's giving this couch to the temples oh my god yeah not, probably <laughs> I think that's why he wants it it's not explicitly stated and I guess he didn't tell Jerry what the deal was but I- I'm thinking that I'm I don't think he would want I don't think even George would on a free pee couch I wouldn't put it past Kramer but George, I don't think. But I think he was like, oh, my gosh, I owe these people a new couch. I can get them Jerry's. It's like not even a week old, you know? <laughs> and, and so I can give them this brand new couch, just flip the cushion over. They'll never find out. Yeah. You know? Oh, my I, God. That, that's what I think is going on here. Till it, start, till it starts smelling like crusty it. old pee. <laughs> yeah. And this was, I think, 94 is before Febreze. So you couldn't even do that. <laughs> oh, no. I don't remember Febreze existing that early. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the best you could do was like Lysol spray or something and hope for the best. But George doesn't care. It's, it's going to be out of his hands. Yeah, it's, it's not his couch. Nope. Back at Elaine's or over at Elaine's, rather, Elaine and the mover are lamenting their breakup. And is this where we learn his name? Wait, where, uh, oh, we learn his we, name in the last yeah, scene? Yeah, we learn it in Jerry's apartment. His name is Carl. Carl. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so Carl and Elaine are lamenting their breakup. And he is moving Jerry's old couch. And Elaine, as you're supposed to do, offers him a drink. All she has is grape juice. He yells, throw it. And then you hear a crash and the couch. Where, so they finally said the name of the episode in the in the episode. I'm the, sure they've said it a million times the, already. There's so many things about this final scene that just gave me so many questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only thing Elaine has to drink is grape juice. The mover... Who's like moving the furniture asks her to throw it. The grape yeah, juice a comes a glass bottle. The the grape juice A comes in a glass bottle and B he asks her to throw the glass bottle. Stupid. <laughs> there's so stupid. there's so many things like right in a row that I'm like, "Okay, wait, wait, wait. What? Why?" Yeah. Why not a glass of water? <laughs> oh, it was grape juice, but I, I do have vessels that I can fill with this tap water <laughs> if you want that. No, like, I want this glass bottle of grape no. juice. And while you're at it, hurl it at my face. <laughs> Throw it as hard as you can while, you know, because it's one of the one of the substances that is most staining to anything it touches. Uh, overhand, so please. And, yeah. Just go ahead and toss it. The couch. And it's a great, like, they couldn't actually film, obviously, the bottle or the couch or the mover or anything. And so it's Elaine's. It's one of those great movie or tv show angles where it's the reaction of it's a reaction shot of the person is all you get for the big event i don't know why those always crack me up i think because they did them so well in it always reminds me of the scene in 
Wet Hot American Summer when Ken Marino has to rescue the kids in the raft. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that scene? I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Well, go to wherever movies are rented or sold and, <laughs> and just get it immediately. But um, it, yeah, so you wouldn't know what I was talking about. But if people have seen it, it's one where it, it's just Joe Latrulio. It's just a shot of him. And he's like, I can't believe you. Oh, my God. You're doing it. You do, oh, you're gonna! Oh, you did it! And and that's it. Like they actually <laughs> didn't film the rescue. It's like it's just his reaction, and it's and it's obviously a takeoff on those tropes. But this they had to do it seriously because what are they going to do? Like actually throw a glass bottle at a man? No, no. Uh, so the last little bit we get no more stand up. We get a shot of George's book club, which meets it meets at Monks. Interestingly enough, and I, I George, like, I feel like that'd be a very loud place to have a book club. I know, even though it looks kind of late and kind of des- deserted, I I would not, I wouldn't want it there either. Yeah, you do it at a library or a house or something. But you know, I guess maybe if you want food or or a co- cup of coffee or something like that, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's true. Why you do it there. But again, so we we mentioned this earlier. We don't see anybody that George is there with that I could tell. You know, yeah. So I, I, it, maybe he's with the person that is talking. Maybe he's with the woman that's talking, but it's never implied that way. No, and I don't see her. Maybe I could see her as someone that George would be with, but just because she's a woman. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure George would be with any woman that has a pulse. Yeah. That, that gives him the time of day. And so the woman is making a great point about how Holly Golightly, you know, loves her independence, and that's why she gets rid of the cat. And George is like, well, you know, don't forget that uh, she does end up with George Papard. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Fred. And then the woman looks at George and goes, George, Fred's gay. And so they obviously realize that not only did he drop the actor's name who played him in the movie, but obviously in the movie they changed it so Fred is not gay and falls in love with Holly Golightly. So he just revealed that he watched the movie instead of read the book Breakfast at Tiffany's. And that's it. Oh, man. Uh, Okay, so do do we have anything uh, we want to look up for homework next week? I, I remember saying one thing, but I don't remember... Oh, troglodyte. We're going to look up troglodyte. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it. All right. I think that's uh, it. We've, we haven't had a lot of homework these episodes. No, not really. This week or last week. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see if we can come up with a better description. Uh, we had Elaine dates the guy who delivered Jerry's new couch. Uh, that does happen. It, and, it, and it happens early. Yeah, and it, and it, doesn't really, it doesn't really have much to do with the plot. But I guess I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do any better. Yeah, I, I think I'm okay with it just because uh, it, it does uh, – everything in the episode happens – I mean, with the exception of George's book club. Everything happens because of this. Yeah, I mean, even even Poppy is – his story is weaved into that. That's true. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. Eventually it is. Via the couch, yeah. Eventually. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's – not, you know, it, it's not, it doesn't have to do with the domino effect, but um, eventually Poppy – crosses paths with the couch <laughs> oh man yeah okay i i like this then yeah i, I feel like it, it could be improved but i don't i don't know how all right uh, are we ready to get into uh newman's mail sack yes all right let's unzip it baby Zip. we got an email from our friend david tim do you remember the name david i don't okay well let me uh let me read the his subject was pledge drive stupidity Oh no! <clears throat> All right. Last episode, the pledge drive. Ted 
Captain Safe Space mistakes oh, no. pantomiming pencil sharpening with the problematic OK hand sign. Please, oh. pray tell, what exactly do you mean by problematic? I will assume your explanation will be almost as asinine as why you are uncomfortable with the word reneging. Another classic snowflake moment. Oh Signed, gosh. David, a reluctant fan who never misses an episode and like raisins. <laughs> likes raisins. Oh, well, no. now I'm offended. Oh, no, he, he didn't say likes raisins. He like raisins. Oh, you like raisins? Well, D- now D- I am D- offended. D- David like raisin. Well, I am offended by that. Okay. Then. All right, David, hold on. So, d- did I say that I was uncomfortable with the word reneging? You must have at some point. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember this. But anyway, <laughs> uh, David, if you haven't, uh, apparently, since you say you're a reluctant fan who never misses an episode, <laughs> you probably haven't listened to literally any time that Tim and I have brought up the problematic okay hand sign and that every time that we bring it up, we mention how dumb it is that it is quote unquote problematic because neither one of us understand why it is because we don't work for the baseball organization that actually kicked a person out for doing this hand sign on TV. So we don't know what they were thinking. We don't know why it's quote unquote problematic. Maybe, no, we, you, we, maybe I, you can I, enlighten us. I think I thought we've talked about it before. We, we have talked about it before and it's apparently a white power hand sign and neither one of us were like, okay, how? Because it, it's, it just stems from, you, you remember like the, the circle game? It's that, yeah. it's that hand sign. That this person was doing on camera. And even seeing the picture, I knew exactly that's what that person is doing. But I, I think it was uh, I think it was the Cubs kicked him out of the game for doing this on camera. Yeah, I I don't remember exactly um I don't remember exactly that story, but I, I and I and it and that was the latest in a long line of people making that gesture for, you know, reasons that may not be completely you know, it started as like, well, anyway, we don't have to get into the whole history of it, but for sure it's associated with, with you know, the white power and, and alt-right movement now. It, it, it's, and- something, it's something that has uh, been co-opted by that movement. It, it, it wasn't started by that movement, but it's, it's being used by them now, or, or at least was last year at this time, whenever this story broke. Right, right. And so for sure, it's all about context. So mm-hmm. when you see, let's say, a group of high school seniors all giving the Nazi salute, and some of them are doing that sign as well in that context i I think i could figure out what they were doing and it wasn't like a game where you punch your friend in the shoulder Mm -hmm. but but if there's one person on tv who does that like you can't see their face you can't see any other context i would fathom to guess that it's the circle game it it could be i I don't know maybe Uh, i I don't i don't remember the story enough um whether or not that guy was was being cool or not but for sure trolls are using it to you know progress a a problematic movement, let's say. But when, <laughs> when you said it last episode, like when you said you were saying it only so that I would know what you were talking about. And also, like, I, I thought you were saying problematic kind of tongue in cheek. Like, I was. You know, like, yeah, I was. You know, just to give an example of like the OK sign. But you know, you're, you're mentioning because you like another instance we've talked about it before is like you were constantly sending that emoji to people instead of thumbs up. Yeah. And we were that, joking that was, about how that you was were inadvertently. My, that was my emoji that I was using. And I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I took it as you just making a descriptor and not going like and not thinking oh Ian Abercrombie is a white supremacist like, uh, but, but apparent, uh, apparently David didn't pick up on that 
Right, right. Yeah. It, it was subtle. It was subtle. <laughs> oh, well, let me see. So the Cubs, si- the Cubs guy that was doing it was, you know, doing it behind a- an African-American announcer. So I guess that's one reason they thought it might be associated with white supremacy. Yeah. And, and, and it being upside down is also uh, one thing that people have, have pointed out, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I, but I know that has to do with the game as well. Yeah, but I, I, that's just one of many stories that have come out regarding that that sign. It's not all about the, you know, that's not the one instance. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't started by that one Cubs fan. It's been it's been a thing for a while. So, anyway, that's uh, what a disappointing Newman's mail sack. Yeah. Only were- yeah. So so that's exactly what we mean by problematic, David. Yeah. There we go. All right. Let's let, <laughs> let's zip Newman's mail sack zip back up. up, shall we? <laughs> Yeah, next week we've got Season 6, Episode 6, The Gymnast. Original air date, November 3rd, 1994. If you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Elaine must substitute for her boss in a merger deal, and a girlfriend's mom sees George eating out of the trash. Guest, Maurice Godin. Wow, so much information there. It really I don't is. know who Maurice Godin is. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. Nope, I guess we'll find out next week. Uh, so is that it? That's it. All right, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.